For some of you, you know, you come here all sad and, you know, I mean, and you wonder what, you know, what, you walk in with things. How many of you know you've had a lot of things happen during the week? Let's just be, how many of you just weren't perfect during this week and you needed God's help? And you go, Pastor Bubba, I need God's help this morning. Well, let me, let me just say this. I believe your greatest days are ahead of you. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. And, and uh, if, if anything, I mean, I was excited when you guys met your goal last week for reach. And then Jennings met their goal as well. They needed $30,000 to start busting up concrete and putting up dirt and everything for the reach center that, that, that we're going to build there as well. And be praying because in August, uh, the Jennings campus is going to go to two services. So God's just been growing things. And I mean, there's just a great thing happening all in all the campuses and you know, I have the privilege of every Sunday morning, I call Jamie, I call Zach, I call Pastor Josh, and we pray and we talk and, you know, we meet on Tuesdays and we just, we're able to just share what, what God's doing. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to, I'm not really a teacher, I'm more of a storyteller kind of pastor kind of guy, but um, this morning, I just want to share just, I believe that God, all of us need a vision for our life. How many believe that? All of us need to know that, that God has stepping stones to get us places where he really wants us to be. And I just want to say this, God's for you. God's for you. And, and so this morning, if you would go with me to the book of Proverbs, and it was written by a guy named King Solomon, who was actually King David's son. You've heard of David and Goliath. And this was Solomon. He wrote this, and, he's, and it's really the book of wisdom. When I first got saved, I was really stupid. As far as making decisions. And I remember a, a guy, I was in Waco, Texas, going to this uh, discipleship school. It wasn't David Koresh. And, uh, and uh, what happened is, when I was there, I asked, you know, the guy was just sharing. Because I, I, I was, put it this way, I'd, everything you could smoke and everything you can take, I pretty much experienced it. And, uh, and what happened is... I was, I was coming at this place in my life where I really had an encounter with Jesus. And, and, I, and I just said, man, I just, I've made a lot of stupid decisions. And he said, well, hey, Baba, you know, there's a good book for you if you want to make good decisions and be wise. I go, what is it? He goes, it's the book of Proverbs. And he said, and you know what? And by the way, he goes, there's 31 Proverbs. And really, if you want to, you can read a proverb a day to help you. And, you know, I've made that a practice in my life. I try to read a proverb. I'm not, I'm not going to stand up here. I've read Proverbs every day of my life since I've been a Christian. But the neat thing is I'll be a Christian 35 years on May 15th this year. Happy birthday, Jennifer. That's Jennifer's birthday. And, by the way, it's Pastor Jamie's birthday this morning. Someone, y'all to give it up for Pastor Jamie. He's turned 21 again. He's celebrating his anniversary. And so this morning, I want you to go to Proverbs in the fourth chapter, and I'm going to read three verses, and then I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what I really feel God has for you. And it just says this. It says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to, the whole, to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And so Solomon's just saying, he said, man, whatever you do, let, let me tell you, intimacy, intimacy stops. Not when you stop talking, is when you stop listening. You know, there's a lot of times my wife, she'll just come, she goes, can you just listen to me? And all the other wives just said, okay. And conversation is not so much me talking because my wife will just, sometimes I'm a talker. I mean, I'm a people person. I can talk. And, and like, we'll go to Lafayette and she goes, do you realize you've been talking the whole time? I go, no, I, I just like talking. But intimacy stops when you stop listening. And see, for many of us, is God just wants us to learn to listen. How many of you have a hard time listening sometimes? And see, this is what he's saying. He says, whatever, your heart has to be something. You have to tune in. It's kind of like a radio. Back in the old day, nowadays, you just press a button. It goes to the radio station. Or you can go seek, find, whatever. You know what I mean? And you said it. Back in the old days, when I had a 1973 Chevrolet pickup, which I don't endorse Chevrolet. But, and, uh, and what happens is, I drove one the other day, a loaner truck. I'll never buy one. Anyway, just... And the reason they light and forge is easier to push anyway, just and so 
So I just toy around with my Toyota. But anyway, and, and, uh, and so I know, I'm just sorry. I had to offend people to get your attention. So, and some people, you just cut me off because I just offended your truck. And, but what happened is, remember when you take that radio dial and you, and they used to make noises and stuff. And you try to tune it in and you just couldn't quite get it right. And, and it's like, that's the way our heart has to be. In order to get to hear God, sometimes we have to be in the right frequency. We have to turn that radio to the right place where we get the right, the right sound and the right, the right voice speaking to us. And so, you know, in the 1600s, they made an incredible discovery at a guy named William Harvey, and he brought about a revolution in the medical field. And what he did is he discovered that blood is pumped by the heart and it circulates through the body. And circulation, this is what it does. Every 60 seconds, your blood travels 70,000 miles of veins, arteries, and capillaries. That's a long distance. That's quick, isn't it? And, and, and what happens is, in, in every 60 seconds, your blood travels that fast. To do this, your heart beats approximately 100,000 beats every single day. That's a lot of beats. Aren't you glad you don't have to go look at your, talk to your heart and go, hey, can you beat? Or some people falling over, he forgot to tell his heart to beat. But what happens is God put that mechanism in us that our heart would beat. And what happens is, is in, in a single day, the average of it, an average of two and a half billion times throughout the day, your heart's beating. That's incredible. You see, in the Bible, Solomon's saying this is, is keep your heart. That's what Solomon says. For out of it, listen, are the issues of life. How many got some issues? How many of you had to bring some issues to the Lord when you came to the Lord? How many of you go, Pastor Bubba, I'm still bringing issues to the Lord. That's good. At least you're bringing them. But the question is, how many of you, know that? How many of you want God to talk to you? But here's, that. here's a question I have. When's the last? You know what? God will continue to talk to you, but he won't talk to you until you do the last thing he told you to do. What was he telling you to do? What was he asking you to do? What was he helping you to overcome? And see, a lot of people go, they can't tell the difference between, between condemnation and conviction. Conviction is God just saying, come on, just can you do this? It's a still small voice speaking inside of you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's like your conscience constantly speaking. He said, come on, you can do it. You can make it. Where condemnation goes, you ain't going to make it. You no good for nothing. For nothing, no good. You're going to be like your mama. You, you know what I'm saying? And it's like there's no hope. There's none, none, none of that stuff going on. But see, but what, what he's saying is, and, and out of the same heart, think about it. I had to look at, put it in my phone. And so, but I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 15. We're going to just do a little bit of traveling through the Bible this morning. Is that all right? We like reading the Bible. We don't pull out the Koran at our Savior's church. He says, then the disciples came to him, I'm starting in verse 12, came and asked, do you realize you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? How many of God's all about? When Jesus was hearing this, he was constantly offending religious people. And see, when you come become a Christian, it's not about you becoming religious. It's about you finally becoming real and truthful with yourself and people around you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, I was so shaken this week. I was talking to a guy yesterday at our church in Jennings, and his name's Dwayne, and his, they, I did the, their funeral for their baby that was born. It was, she literally had the baby going through the hospital doors, and the baby was born, not breathing, it died. And so they buried, and I, you know, I did the funeral and all that stuff, and then the other day they were doing the tombstone at this one church. I'm not going to tell you where it was or anything like that. And as they were doing the tombstone, a guy that was on the board of this church comes out there, and she's looking at the new tombstone of her baby that she's going to see in heaven, okay? And she looks at it, and the guy goes, you know, we, uh, we had a vote, and that tombstone ain't right. We don't know if we're going to let you keep the tombstone here. Now, can you imagine? You've just grieved your baby that you lost, and someone tells you that. I mean, that's where I want to go. I want to pimp slap them. What are you doing? What are you saying? I mean, those are the kind of religious people I want to offend. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it's like I'm thinking, don't you have anything better to do or say? 
I mean, you have a little power at your church, but and you're on the board. And you come and offend someone like that? I mean, that's so... How many of you are talking about? But what happens is, and see what Jesus had done, see what happened. You know why he offended the Pharisees and the religious people? Because they couldn't figure him out in their minds. But regular people figured out. They had enough faith and go, hey, the words he's speaking, he's speaking life. He's giving me hope. He's giving me a desire that I can believe something that I can't see. But I, you know, then they would hear stories about people getting delivered or people getting set free. People that had leprosy were, were cleansed. People that couldn't see. You know, God put eye, Jesus put eyeballs in the sockets. They didn't have eyes. They believed. And see, when it goes, Jesus replied, every plant not planted by my heavenly father will be uprooted. So ignore them. <laughs> they are blind guides leading the blind. If you... If, if one blind person guides another, they will both fall into a ditch. But here's where I want to go right here. And he says, then Peter said to Jesus, explain to us the parable that says people aren't defiled by what they eat. Don't you understand yet? Jesus answered, anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. Okay. He says, but the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. That, he says, for from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, lying, slander. These are what defile you. And so Jesus is speaking right here in this portion of scripture. And he's telling them, he said, look, man, it's not the things that you eat. It's the things that come out of your mouth. Because isn't it amazing from murder to blasphemy, evil originates right from the heart. Let me, let me ask you a question. How many have an inner jerk living inside of you? Do you know what I'm talking about? We all have that inner jerk that wants to tell people off. Give them a, you don't want to wave bye to them when they pass you up. You want to give them a sign. And it's not the sign of the cross. And see, what happens is, what happens is a lot of times what we'll do is we come to that place and we just... You know, God's trying to speak to us and we've allowed things to get in our hearts. And we allow ourselves to be blinded by the day. How many of you wake up in the morning sometimes and you just have a bad morning? The coffee maker doesn't work. The electricity went out. So the clock is set at the wrong time. Your children are late for school. Or you come into church and you're having a hard time because that dress you had, you had, he, you got to the dry cleaner. They, 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 they pressed off some buttons. And your husband can't find the pants. And so you got in an argument. You're driving to church. And, and you know, all of a sudden, you're, 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 and your kids are going, Mom, Dad, please stop. And then you see Pastor Jamie walk the parking lot and you go, Hi. You can change in a moment. How many of you talking about? But it's all in the exterior. But see, what happens is there's a portion in Deuteronomy, and I know I'm kind of traveling, but I promise I'm going somewhere today. Okay? And what happens is in, 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 in the book of Deuteronomy, you don't have to turn it, I'll just, and I'm going to read from verse 8. Look, I'm giving all this land. He's talking to the children. I mean, he's ta- God's speaking. He's saying, I'm going to give you this promised land. And he says, go in and occupy it, for it, for it is the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to all their descendants. Moses continued at that time, and I told you, you are too great a burden for me to carry all by myself. Then the, then the Lord your God has increased your population, making you as numerous as the stars. And this is a verse I just want to, and may the Lord, the God of your ancestors, multiply you a thousand times more. And bless you as he promised. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? Listen, can I just say something this morning? As, as a pastor, I want you to guard your heart. Because you know what I want? I want you to receive the blessings that God has for your life. See, God's in a good mood. And if he's in a good mood, that means he wants to bless you. How many of you want, would like a blessing from the Lord? The rest of you, the, all, all, the six of you that raise your hand, thank you. The rest of you, we don't know where you're at. If, if you're even listening, if you're here right now. So I'm going to give you another chance. How many of you want a blessing? If God said, I want to bless you, and you, got, and you, you couldn't even raise your hand, you know, I mean, come on. I want to bless you. 
You know, it's like my son likes that when I tell my daughter likes that. That means we're going shopping or we're going on a date or we're getting some ice cream or we're going to do something or we're getting a new baseball bat or you know what I mean? I'm going to spend time or my wife, I'll go, baby, I want to bless you. She's going to come on, baby. But if you want to bless me, don't you be trying to bless yourself, you know, but anyway, I'm going, let me not go there. But anyway, see this, the, the thing is what God is saying, guard your heart. That's what he's saying. Guard your heart. That's in verse 23 of Proverbs uh, 4. And he says, all your heart, everything, all the issues of life run through your heart. It circulates. See, whatever you circulate in your life, come on. If you're thinking about something longer, you have stinking thinking in your life and you're circling that, you're circulating that in your life. That's what's going to come out of your life. That's what's going to come out of your mouth. That's what's going to, that's what you're going to produce. You know, I mean, you see families that are that are just falling apart and stuff. It's because a father hadn't taken the stand to be a good husband to his wife, to husband her, to love his children, to stand up to be the leader. He's not guarding his house. He's not guarding his life. And what happens is, you know, he just gets on, does his own thing. And see, what really happens, how, here's the question, how's your heart? You know that every heartbeat really matters. Everything you do really matters. You got, and, and let me just say this is guard your heart. Many giants are after your heart. There are giants out there. David wasn't the only one that faced a giant. You know, we have giants because we have things that have been passed down along the way through our family. You know what? We have, we have two legacies that we have to walk through. The legacy that we're left with. Come on. And see, we can't make a choice on that sometimes. We can't choose that legacy. Sometimes there are things that happen in our lives that have wounded us, that have hurt us, that have been devastating to us personally, things that we've been violated, whatever, uh, verbally, sexually. There could be all kinds of different things, but that's that legacy that's left from our family. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, I come from a, a family that my, my, my parents were divorced. And every person in my daddy's side of my family were pregnant before they got married. And I'm the only child out of my mother and father's children that my wife was not pregnant before we married. But I had given my life to the Lord. And I can just say this. I didn't touch my wife until my wedding night. And thank you, Jesus. Now we have six children. So I'll just tell you whatever. But I honor God because you know what? That was a giant in my family's life. Are you hearing me? It's something that I had to face, something I had to deal with, something that I was tempted by. But see, I'm just telling you this. You got to protect your heart. The Bible says out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. You know, in the Old Testament, it represents the heart represents the center of your emotions in the center of your thinking in the center of your reasoning. And see, I don't live by my feelings anymore. Because see, can I tell you something? When I walk down that aisle 31 years ago on August 4th, it'll be 31 years that I walked down the aisle with my wife and I made a commitment not to her. I made a commitment to Jesus that I'd be faithful to her. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And what happened is that doesn't mean every morning I feel like love is in the air. And I'm sure she doesn't because I wake up with bad breath sometimes. My hair doesn't look like this in the morning. You you know what I mean? I'm not dressed like, I don't get out of bed. I look like this. Come on. How many of you know I'm talking about? If love was about a feeling, most of us wouldn't be married. You know, remember that more than a feeling, you know, it's more than a feeling. And so that's in my top 10 records. You can get that after the service. The heart is critical in the battle between having wisdom and forgiveness. It's it's making decisions if I'm going to live righteous or if I'm going to live, if I'm going to allow evil to conquer my heart see righteousness means this if you want to know here it is making it's right choices right choices see we use these big words, righteousness that means right choices you ever like what is that you know holy what does holy mean it means i'm not allowing the world to stain my life anymore i'm not allowing the world's system to get inside of me I, i'm gonna live Away from this, I'm going to be a light and I may offend people because I'm a light because I've been hanging out with the light. And if I've been hanging out with the light, I'm plugged in with him. And if I'm plugged in with him, I may offend people just like Jesus offended people. 
not meaning to, not really wanting to, but my life. And they may even talk behind your back about the way you live. See, you have to have heart health so you don't have a heart attack. Amen? And see, what happens, if your heart is healthy, your ministry to your family, your friends, your co-workers, and people will be healthy. How many of you want a healthy life? How many of you want a healthy marriage? How many of you want healthy kids? And I'm not talking about, you know, they can run a mile and a world record speed. I'm talking about that you just have health. There's an open heaven. The heavens aren't like brass anymore. They're just open. And God's speaking to you. He's trying to help you. And remember, he's in a good mood because he's a good dad. He's a good father. I don't know what kind of father you had, but he's a father you always dreamed of having. And better than that. Because, you know, when you say God wants to be your father in this generation, you know, a lot of people, well, my father abandoned me. My father left me. My father, I remember, I've talked to so many people that goes, I don't even know what it's like to be, have a father. And actually, I'm Pastor Jamie's dad. I mean, I'm his spiritual father, but I've been like a father to him because he was raised basically without a father. His father in his life now, but it was a whole process before all that. And see, I believe this is it. You know, Matthew, it says, these people, Matthew 15, 18, it just says this, these people honor me with their lips, but their, their hearts are far from me. So God works, God wants to do an inside job on every one of us. It's not about what you wear on the outside. It's what's God doing on the inside of your life. Because so I want to talk to you about four things that come out of an unhealthy heart. And then I'm going to talk to you about four things, and I'm going to be quick, I promise. Number one, Four things that come out of unhappy. Number one is a jealous heart. It's motivated. You know what jealousy comes? Because it's motivated by fear and insecurity. That's what jealousy comes from. It's just motivated by fear and insecurity. How many of you have ever had to deal with insecurity? All of us have. Am I going to measure up? Am I going to be the right person? High school, you felt it. Remember that? In high school, you know, oh, look, at you got that stupid shirt. I remember one time I had a shirt. It was a flannel shirt. And I think people were just jealous because I had a sweet flannel shirt. But one of my friends said, that looks like a pajamas. And I never wore that shirt again. Not to school. But I was insecure because I thought, man, they think I'm wearing my pajamas to school. I'm not going to do that. So I would cover my insecurity by just trying to be funny or acting up or getting in trouble. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I was fearful that people really found out who I really was. They really wouldn't like me. So what we learned to do in high school and junior high, you remember when you were in junior high, do you like me? Circle yes. You know, I mean, you remember those little notes and stuff? And we were all kind of, we've all done it, you know what I mean? And, and, and it's like what happened is we learned to, I guess the best way, we learned to put on masks and try to hide a heart, try to hide who we really were. And so what you try to do the rest of your life is try to figure out who you really are. But see, I've learned this. When, I, when you come to the Lord, what happens is you just you, you get rid of the mask. You don't have to cover up anymore. And you just be yourself and who you are. And God gives you purpose. God gives you a reason to live. God deposits his life into you. And so what happens is, here, let me just, the way you, I remember a guy that we were, his name was Roger Reese, and I was part of this ministry, and I was just really just had been saved long. And they put me in charge of all the men's, all the guys group that would travel around the, the country. We did inner city work all over the country and other countries and stuff like that. So I was over all the guys, and then he, he had been there longer than me, and he'd come to me, and he said, man, I'm offended that they chose you and not me. And I mean, he'd come and ask me for forgiveness all the time. And I was just like, I was like, man, I, I didn't want this position. I didn't ask for it, number one. And, but he was jealous. And he kept coming to me. And I, and I remember one day, he finally, I mean, after the third or fourth time he came to me and told me, I said, hey, Roger, can you stop coming to me and tell me? Because you know what? I'm fixing to get jealous and bitter at you too. That you keep coming to me and you keep dealing with the same thing. I said, you know, why don't we do something? Why don't we just start praying together at least twice a week? And you know what we did? We started praying with praying with each other and praying for other people. And let me, let me just, you know how you overcome jealousy? You learn to celebrate with other people. Celebrate. 
Celebrate. Come on. Yeah, man, come on. Y'all. Do y'all party over here? Do y'all have any festivals in Eunice besides Mardi Gras and people falling off of horses? See, the reality is sometimes you got to just learn to celebrate with people, even if you don't feel like it. Even if you don't want to, you just go, come on. I was talking to someone back there today. It's their baby's first time to be here. She was celebrating her grandchild. She goes, come on, baby. My grandbaby's coming. She was so happy. But you know what? What, what is it? She's just celebrating. She's having her own party back there. It don't matter what happens during the service. She's got her grandson. She's partying. And see, for us, is when you got the deposit that brings life, you know what I mean? You shouldn't be jealous of anybody. You should be celebrating when someone walks through a victory in their life. The second thing is, it's a competitive heart. You try to one-up on somebody. I went, when we came to, when I moved to Jennings and from Lafayette and stuff, and I remember I had a pastor tell me, he literally told me, because I, why you don't need to be here? We got enough churches, you know. And he told me he goes. He told me he didn't like me, and I was like, "Wow, what a greeting!" But you know, I didn't get mad. I just and it's not about. And I told him, I said, "Man, we're not here to compete with anybody," because here's my philosophy, and this is for this church too. If everybody decided to go to church on Sunday, there's not enough church buildings and enough church pews for everybody to sit in. So listen, you're not in competition with anybody in this town. How, you know, how many of y'all running over there? Well, I, don't know. I hadn't seen anybody running lately. We're not timing people over there. But that's preacher talk. How many of y'all running? I mean, that, 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 that doesn't bring success. They said, you determine, you know what, what I'm going to do, I'm going to overcome with partnership. Can we partner together? Can we just do something together? The third thing is a selfish heart. You talk about others negatively. If you're uncomfortable with who you are, others will be too. You know, it's based on pride. No one wants to follow or be with someone who thinks they're better than everybody else. Have you ever been around people like that? They just talk about themselves and how good they are. And they're all that. And a bag of chips. And see, the way you overcome that is that you learn to have a generous heart. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Just be generous. You know what I've learned to do? Compliment somebody. That was great. That was awesome. You did a great job. I'm not saying lie. I'm not a lying preacher. Okay, what I'm saying is you find some. I have a friend. His name is Daniel Savala. He's a great musician. Traveled all over the world and stuff. And one day he was a guy was up singing at a church that he was ministering to. And the guy had he had a terrible voice, but he was singing. And it's one of those kind of things when you're sitting there and everybody's kind of going. You know what I'm saying? And you're going. But, you know, and, and then after the service, my friend Daniel went. And he told him, he said, hey, man, you play the guitar so incredible. Everybody was seeing the obvious, hearing the obvious, but no one was looking for something they could compliment them on. Daniel was watching the way he played the guitar. And the guy, he said he could play. He was incredible. His voice was terrible, but I had to find something I could compliment. So, you know what? My, my, my question was the last time you looked for something compliment in your mate. I got real quiet in here. When's the last time you just looked at them and said, you know what? Baby, thank you for every day when I come home, you got a smile on your face. Thank you for that incredible dinner. Thank you that even though you don't get up in the morning, at least you, my cornflakes are, you know, are good. You provide cornflakes. It's like that one wife, he goes, one husband was, honey, he goes, baby, why can you just get up in the morning and like, she, you know, bring me a hot breakfast. She, baby, you want hot breakfast, set your cornflakes on fire. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not a morning person. But you know what I appreciate about my wife? I can say this, I can compliment. She's up every morning with my children and my children are spoiled with a hot breakfast. 
I mean, my friend, my my sons and my daughter's friends that come to the house and they used to say, like Pastor Jacob's sons, Mama, they tell me, can you cook pancakes like Miss Tracy? And Michelle would call her and she goes, how do you cook your pancakes? She goes, Bisquick. You know, there's no secret. It's just getting up and making pancakes. That's the way she makes them. There's a touch on her life, pancake touch. And the last thing that you got to be careful of an unhealthy heart is, is a critical heart. Always finding fault with other people. They just don't measure up to our standard. People don't want to be, be reined on by someone who sees clouds around every silver lining. People that are just negative. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I love being around people that are positive. I was getting a treatment a couple of weeks ago, and they had this African-American lady, her and I, she's from Crowley, and I was, get, I was finishing mine, and she's always got a smile. And she loves the Lord, and, and I, I look at her, I say, man, your smile is just infectious. She goes, that's right, baby, I love the Lord. That, Lord, that smile comes from the Lord. And, you know, and, and I just went over there and I said, can I pray for you? And she said, oh, baby, pray. And we just prayed together. And, you know, I've learned this. You overcome a critical heart by learning to give thanks for others. Just learn to give thanks. Lord, thank you. Thank you that, you know, sometimes you go, God, why did you put this person in my life? God probably designed that person to be in your life. To produce something in your life. Hello. Sometimes you go. Why do I have to work with that person? Because God might have put them there just for you. That's that's the devil. No it's the Lord. So we we all. We all rely on. How many know we all need to rely on God's power. Not man's methods on how to do things. You know the incredible thing is. You know the greatest growth. You know who the greatest growth person is in this church? It's the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of times we look to all these principles, these methods of men, where the Holy Spirit's the one that grows you and me more than anybody else can. We rely on God's power, not not what he did before, but what he can do. I see brokenness involves, you know, I believe this. If you want to go from a hardness of heart and a healthy heart, there, there has to be... A, a brokenness of, of inappropriate pride in our lives, the, of, of, you know, and self-reliance and building uh, and building God and just letting God build us. And sometimes it's, it's called like this. Learn to relax. Life is filled with trade-offs. How I many you know what I'm talking about? And sometimes I need to just trade off some things. I, I mean, you know what? I've been carrying this too long. And you know what? I'm going, Lord, take it, please. Because, see, when you give your life to the Lord, you know what? I don't worry about my house payment, my truck payment. I don't worry about my paycheck. I don't worry about where things come from. Because, you know what? When I got saved 35 years in this May, I hired a professional worrier. His name is Jesus. That's his worries, not mine. He knows what I have need of even before I ask. Amen? So he knows what you need. And see, here's the thing. Let me just go through this quick and I'm going to be done. There's four ways to keep a healthy heart. How many of you want to know? Let me tell you the first one. Jesus. Stay in love with Jesus. A lifelong commitment to follow wisdom requires a change of heart. God, change my heart. It's falling in love with him. It's all about loving him. Why are you here? It's because of him, isn't it? It's not because you like having a bald-headed preacher. And the glory just shines off the top of his head. <laughs> if he just gets in the light just right, there's a halo. You know? Yeah. Cheryl goes, I'll take that down before it. Anyway, no. You don't fall. You see, you don't fall in love. It's not falling out of love with each other. When, you, when your heart, when your hearts are full of fear and anxiety, what should you do? Look to Jesus. I love what he says, be of good cheer. It is I. It's I. I mean, you know what God does? God shows up in the moments of our life that we really need him. You ever notice that? How many of you ever been at the end of the rope and you just feel like throwing in the towel 
and, you, and it's like a rescue 911 situation. And see, sometimes that's the only time people cry out to God. But when you have a relationship with God, you just go, Help! And that's all you can pray. And He knows. You see, the church is the local expression of the presence of Jesus. That's what we should be. We should be the local expression of the heart of God. The most important thing in your life is your personal relationship with Jesus. So you came in here this morning, and I don't know how you came. And if you're a visitor, I'm sorry. You got stuck with me this morning. But really, I'm not sorry. Because I know this. The Bible says God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I'm just a foolish thing. You see, the thing, the reality is that you walked in here and you said, you know, God, I need, I don't know what you need. But some of you came, maybe you're a visitor or your first time. And you go, I just need, I need, I need some hope. I need some faith pumped into me. I need, I need, I need my life filled. And see, Jesus is like the Holy Spirit comes and you're like a, you're like a, a cup. Is this, oh, this is good. I can drink it. And it's like what God does, he has that picture of living water. And what he wants to do, he wants to fill your life with his life. Are you hearing me? And not just fill you, but he wants you to overflow. So when you walk in the room, it's like the, the overflow is just getting on other people. Because, see, what happens is, you see, when I'm filled, I can just touch other people. I was coming to you, Daniel. Anyway. Because see what happens, whatever's in you. Are you hearing me? You got Jesus in you? Someone stump your toe. Oh, man, I'm sorry for stepping. Oh, I got another foot. I remember one time I hit somebody. Jamie was there. I hit someone. I ran in the back. I, I was just talking to Jamie. I was talking. I wasn't listening. And I ran into somebody. I swear, this is true. And I ended up praying with him and leading him to the Lord. He was there. Am I, am I lying? And leading him to the Lord. I mean, without them getting bitter at me, I didn't dent their car. It wasn't one of those, it was one of those little tap things. You know, where you let your foot off the brake. And, oh, man. You know, and just say, hey, bless the Lord. See, they didn't know they were getting a blessing. I was hoping I didn't get a lawsuit. But anyway. The second thing is, is... If you want a healthy heart, learn to be generous. You, you and I are running a marathon, not a sprint. Practice doesn't make things perfect. It makes things permanent. Can I say that again? Practice doesn't make things perfect. It makes things permanent. If you practice to get in your Bible, if you practice to pray, if you practice generosity, it just becomes who you are. You see, that should be the DNA of who you are as a Christian. And that's the DNA that I want people to have in our Savior Church. You learn to be generous to people. You know, buy meals for people. Pay for gas sometimes. I mean, unlock issues. It opens up God's generosity. You know, we did a whole series one time of having a generous heart or generous spirit, whatever it was. We were going around filming people, filling up their gas tank and buying groceries for people. People were blown away. I had one lady, she, we, we're going to fill up your gas cup. Hey, Leroy, bring that money back. They're going to fill my tank. <laughs> and we got on video, I promise. Well, one lady, she's going to the checkout. She, we're staying at the end at, at Piggly Wiggly. And we go, and, and that'll be such and such. Goes, How much is it? We wrote out a check. And goes, When's the last time you just invited someone and you paid for their meal? When's the last time you you did something? Life begins when a person learns to give their faith away to others. That's when life begins, when you learn to give your faith away. Because see, what happens is we can sit here and talk about faith. You can go and listen to people that have faith. You can watch Christian TV. But let me tell you something. T.D. Jakes is a great preacher. I, I mean, they have other great preachers. Uh, Joyce Myers is a great preacher. She's a great teacher. But you know what? Let a life situation happen. They can't be there for you. That's why it's important to have a pastor. To have leaders. 
that can share their faith, their experience with you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? My life vision is, can I tell you what my life vision is? It's for others to succeed. You know my life vision for Jamie and Cheryl are? To be far greater than they ever dreamed they could ever be. This church would grow and to be healthy and life-giving far more beyond anything I can imagine or they can imagine. There's a guy, when we got this building, there's a guy named Harry Gomes. And he's prayed for people. He's just crusades in India. He's a personal friend of mine. And we were coming by this building. I was showing him. And, he, and we came by this building. We prayed right by the back door. We put our hands on this building. We started praying for the building. And he goes, Baba. That's the way Harry talked. The building is yours. God will bless this. You will be greater than Jindians. Jen, he couldn't say Jennings. It'd be greater than Jennings. It will outgrow. God will do amazing things here at this church. And you know what I did? I hid that in my heart. So every time I come to that back door, when there's guys over there talking back down, I don't know what they were talking about this morning. They were back there talking anyway by the back door. But there's a glory cloud on that back door. Because I remember that moment just praying. There are moments. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And see, the third thing is you learn, you need to have a culture to honor. You want a healthy heart? Learn to honor authority. Honor your pastor. Honor his wife. Honor up. Honor down. Honor to the side. Honor everywhere. Honor policemen. Honor, honor, you know, it's sad what's happened in Baltimore. It's sad what's happening. It's like, it's like all of a sudden good becomes evil and evil becomes good. We should honor it. And I don't understand all the things that are going on. That's not important for me. But we should be praying, God, let there be honor restored. We have people that don't honor our president. We need to honor the office. I mean, my question is, are you praying for the president? Are you praying for the vice president? Are you praying for the three, the, you know, the, 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 there's three forms of justice. Are you praying for Supreme Court? You know, they're fixing to make decisions. Have you, read the, have you read the quotes they've been making? Marriage is in trouble. And now, I don't know if you know this, I read a thing the other day. It's the Green Party. And the lady got up and she goes, well, you know, if they do this, and she goes, uh, I believe in polygamy. I have two partners. We can just legalize that too. Let me tell you something. Now, here's my question. Are you praying? See, I used to have my, one of my old teachers, if you're not praying, you're straying. If you're straying, you're playing. I could go on, but I'm not going to go there. But the question is, see, it's honor. You, you know how you do that? We need a culture of honor that we, re, we rever, we respect, we elevate people. I remember Pastor Jacob called uh, my son, Zach, who's in Crowley. And I was, going, I was going there and he told him, he says, Zach, whatever you do, we said, learn this. Now you're starting a church. Just learn this while you, when you're starting. Learn to honor people. Honor up. Always prefer. Always honor. Jamie and Cheryl are honoring people. You know what? God's blessed their life and they have great kids because they've honored. They've honored me. I don't think, I, it, you know, my relationship, I've been now, how long have we been together? 15 years, 13 years. That's a long time. Can I just tell you something? It's like marriage. That doesn't mean they've always agreed. Hello. How many of you been married longer than two weeks? That's about how long it takes till the glory cloud leaves in reality. And he leaves the toilet seat up and you go in the middle of the night. Ah! You know what I mean? We're going to settle this. You know what I mean? So let me go on. That's before I go straying. You know. The last one. Here's the most important besides Jesus is the one. Are you aware of people and their surrounding? Are you? Can I just be really honest with you? I'm going to be really honest with you. I fought cancer and some of you don't, it doesn't matter. I'm not here to glorify that. I've been fighting cancer for four and a half years. Okay. And what happened, can I just tell you something? When I would see people that had cancer before, I felt for them. But I didn't understand that world. And I just passed by. I didn't notice them. But can I tell you something? I don't have to go to the clinic. But when I see a lady with a scarf. 
over her head. She doesn't have hair under there. I'll stop and talk to her now. I said, can I pray for you? What are you walking through? Because can I tell you something? Sometimes we can't relate. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or people go, I understand. No, you don't. Don't insult someone saying that you understand. But can I tell you this? You can say, I have compassion for you. I don't know what to tell you. I don't have the right words, but I have compassion. How can I pray for you? Is there anything I can do for you? And see, it's always about weeping with the mom that has a sick baby. Weeping with the mom that has a prodigal. Weeping with the lady that's waiting for her husband to come back home because he's been hanging out at somewhere else's bar. Are you hearing me? And she's praying and he's taking the paycheck and he's spending it on all that stuff. Or you got the mama and, you know, and they got the kids. She's a single mom, but she's using half her paycheck to hit the lottery. I remember going to a place not too far from here. It was a meat market. It was called East. They still have that south of here. And anyway, just and I remember going there one day and the guy and he said, you know, ever since this scratch off game started, they used to have a mama come in here and buy twenty dollars worth of chicken for her kids. Now she's buying ten dollars of chicken and buying ten dollars of lottery tickets. Now, listen, I'm not here to preach about it. I haven't played it. I look at my dollar bill says in God I trust. So that's what I'm trusting. Someone came to my wife last week and Jenny, she goes, you know, Sister Tracy, if I win the lottery. Can I give it to the church? My wife goes, well, you can repent and you can give it to the church. <laughs> the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the right. Anyway. Learn to listen. Counsel them back to wholeness. From brokenness to wholeness. Can I tell you, this world is filled with broken people. How many of you can say, you know what? I was messed up. I've been broken. I needed help. I needed someone that is just to listen. Not give me all the answers. That's in the process of marriage. When I learned, when I mean, I've been married 31 years almost. And I can remember my wife would come to me and she said, she'd tell me what was going on. And, and I would go, well, let me give you the four things to fix that. You do this, 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 and that. She didn't want that. Wives, listen, I'm fixing to give your husband good advice. So listen, you know what she wanted? She wanted me to listen to her. Not to answer every problem she has. She just wanted to know I cared and I listened. Hello. And all the women said. And then I could, I could just go, wow, I, I didn't know you were feeling that way. I didn't know that affected you like that. I've learned to change my language. But I'm still learning. I'm slow. But see, learn to listen. Learn to care for people. What does it mean? Sometimes you can pick up the phone. Hey, you know, I thought about a guy this morning. He's doing a conference. He's a friend of mine. He made some bad choices a couple years ago, but God's restored him. He's speaking in a conference. And the Lord just put him on my heart, and I just sent him a, a message through Facebook, private message. Hey, man, thinking and praying for you this morning. Hope you have a great, hope your morning's great. Hope God uses you. Boom, send it. That's all it needed. I got... My wife and I, we'd kind of gotten in a little fight the other day. You know, we get fights. But we kind of made up. Making up is not hard to do. I'm not going to sing it, but I've changed the words. I like making up anyway. And I remember I came home at lunchtime, and I didn't know that, but she had a note by the coffee thing, the coffee machine, the Keurig. She just wrote a note. Man, it I mean, it, that note stoked me. I mean, I was like, come on, I'm feeling good about myself today. My wife likes me. I mean, she just doesn't like me. She loves me. She said something. Wow, she, wow, she's going to get it when she gets home. You see, the, the thing is, a note, a time spent. You know what? That one person, maybe your child, just looking for time. When's the last time you sat with your child and just talked to them and listened? When's the last time? You know, my little girl, she's 10. You know what she loves doing more than anything? Daddy dates. You know why? Because I'm all hers. And you know what I do? I, I talk to her. Like she'll get, 
like this morning I didn't see her like that, but she'll get up and she'll get dressed. And I love this about my little girl. Every day she goes to school, she wants to fix her hair. She wants to put a bow. She wants to put something in it. She'll go, Mama, can you do anything? Well, baby, you're too late. Well, Mom, please, just fix my hair. Or if your mom can't do it, she's in there doing something. You know what I mean? She's all girl, you know? And she'll come out. And the other day, she, she was going to school, and it wasn't, they didn't have to wear their uniforms. They could wear jeans and stuff. And, and I go, I look at her, go, Libby, you look cute today. She goes, thank you, Daddy. Why? Words mean things sometimes. Not all the time. Some people don't need that. I'm the kind of person, you say, man, you're looking good today. I have people go, I like your shirt, Pastor Bob. And my wife picks it out. Anytime I wear a shirt that I pick out, no one compliments me. When I wear put one, my wife picks out. Like Jamie was wearing a shirt, and he, and he was, I was thinking he was going to wear that this morning. I was like, man, guys, you need to wear a different shirt. Oh, I, 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 he was something. I like your shirt, man. God, he said, Cheryl, pick this one out. And it's a good-looking shirt, Cheryl, by the way. Anyway, it's always about the one. It's always about the other person. You know, the enemy always attacks. Let me just say this. The enemy always attacks hardest at the point of your greatest gifting in your life. He always attacks at your greatest gifting. And you know when he wants to attack you and mar you and scar you when you're young? Because the enemy goes after the young. And because if he can get that lie in our minds, we constantly have to deal with that lie. And we think that's who we are and that's how we measure up. And so here it is. here's a survey and this is where I'm, I'm done, okay? Where are you at? Passion comes from the heart. How many of you believe that? And so out of the overflow of your heart, God will bless you. Be faithful to check the heart, the health of your heart. You know, if you feel these things trying to creep in in your life, you just wait a minute. I need to do a heart checkup. Lord, what is it that's going on inside of me? You know what? Believing a lie empowers the liar. Okay, just believe in the lie. Empowers the lie. How many of you believe lies? Just me. Okay, y'all pray for me. You see, heaven is filled with perfect confidence and perfect peace, while this world is filled with chaos and mistrust, even in God. We always, can I, let me just, I'm a, we always reflect the nature of the world we're most aware of. We always reflect the nature of the world we're most aware. If, you're, if, you, if you don't have a connection to God, you're going to reflect what's ever in your heart. But if you're connected to the source, it doesn't matter what you walk through. It doesn't matter what you face. It doesn't matter your circumstances. I have a friend of mine that all his life he's been generous. We were roommates. As I've been sick, there's been times where he just say, hey, Baba, just want to help you out. Make sure you're okay. The other day, he just sold his business. But see, people don't know this about him. For years, he's helped people behind the scenes without expressing anything to anybody. He's been my best friend in high school. He just sold his company for 90-something million dollars. Okay? Now, he ain't giving me none of it. I'm just telling you know that right now. We're best friends, but... <laughs> then I think about that, and I go, you know what? That's not all going to him. He said, there's a lot of debt. I own 30%, but when you start breaking it down, that's still a lot. How many of you like to have 30% of 90 million? Anybody? One, two, three. Okay, we got it. You see, y'all raise your hand for that. <laughs> but you know what? His DNA is filled because I let him to the Lord when, we, when I got saved, right after I got saved. His DNA is filled with generosity. There's been people along the way that he's blessed. And you know what? God was watching him all that time. Can I trust him with the little? So when I give him much, will he be responsible? It's, I, I see it before my eyes. And see, here's the thing. God wants to know. How many of you want a healthy heart? The question is, are you listening to God? Are you listening to God? 
Let me just pray for you, and then we're going to be done. Father, I thank you for the opportunity just to come this morning to, to our Savior's Church Eunice. And God, in your heart, you have a great vision for this church. You have a great vision for every individual that's in this church. You have a, you have a great vision and a desire for every marriage, every person, every teenager, every young child. Lord, I thank you this morning that our children are in the back. Lord, being taught the word of God, it's not about eating crackers and Kool-Aid. It's about them being infused by your spirit and God speaking to them. And they're being excited about loving you, Jesus, for their future. And Lord, that even we could leave here this morning, that people's hearts would be filled with faith. They would be filled with hope. They would be filled with passion and desire for you. And Lord, whatever those things are, those issues of life, they've allowed to cloud their minds and their hearts. Lord, that, that they would just give those to you. And they would be, have faith to believe you that the, from this day forward is going to be the greatest days of their life because of the promises you've given. And so, Father, I come against every lie. I come against every assignment the enemy has on every individual here. And I pray for your life, your life touch. I pray for not just your life, but the light of the gospel to be shown on every heart. And you would expose every lie. You expose the liar. You would expose what we need to have. And for those that came this morning that don't know you, Lord. And the Lord, they came searching and looking. And it wasn't about finding a church so much. It was about finding you. And that it could find a family and people that would be of like faith and like heart. No one looking around. If you're here this morning, you know that you just need to, I need to surrender to Jesus. The Bible says this, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. But he said, if you confess him, It'll come into your heart. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, well, I really don't have a right relationship with God, but I want to give my heart to him this morning. That's me, Pastor. But would you pray for me, Pastor? If that's you, just raise your hand all over this place. Thank you. 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 You can put it down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. You can put it down. Thank you. Look at me for a moment. We're going to go back. If you raise your hand, I'm not going to ask you to come up here. But the Bible says this. If we confess our sins, this is what it says. This is what the scripture says. He's faithful and he's just to forgive us of all our sins. And this is the part I like. Many people don't claim, many people don't quote, and to cleanse us. From all unrighteousness. To cleanse us. That means like. It's just as if it never happened. And see that's the gospel. That's the good news. That we can come in here. Carrying a weight. Carrying just a load. Where Jesus said you know. Cast your cares on me. Because I care for you. So he's here. He cares for you. You don't have to allow. The cords of death. And hopelessness to wrap around you anymore. Because Jesus comes with his mighty sword. And he cuts those cords, those chains. And all of a sudden you become a free person. And that's what, you know, if you raise your hand, that's one step. The next step is say, I, I believe. Let's pray. Can we all pray together? Because there was about eight people that raised their hand this morning. Can we just all pray out loud and say, just say this, pray this. Close your eyes. Just come, Say, Lord Jesus, I come this morning. I confess my sins. There are many. I've broken your heart. I've done things that I'm ashamed of. But this morning, I come to you. You've opened my eyes to help me see that you love me. That you came for me. If I was the only one, you came for me to prove your love. I confess you as Lord of my life from this day forward. I ask you to come in my heart, that I'll trust you. I surrender my life, my will, and my purpose for you to show yourself to me. Now, Father, I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you that those that have prayed that prayer, they meant it with their hearts. That God, you, your Bible says that you will guide and lead them. You will direct them. You will take them on the right path. 
And Father, I thank you that the Bible says no weapon formed against them will prosper. And Lord, we thank you that I pray that thank you today that the lies of the enemy have been exposed because of the light of your gospel. And because of that, there's hope, there's faith, there's freedom in this place today. They don't have to walk out of here the same. They can walk out a free person because of what you've done and your love for them. Thank you for that. And Lord, the Bible says in, the, in, in, the, in, the, in your midst, it says that heaven rejoices. And Lord, we rejoice with heaven. Come on, let's rejoice this morning. The people surrendered to Jesus. Come on, can y'all rejoice? Come on, come on. Somebody get happy about something.